and welcome to Elite Rugby Banter. It's the podcast about rugby. Uh, we're recording early Sunday morning. Thanks to uh, Matt for being here. I understand you're a little bit hungover. Yeah, could be worse, but yeah, I'm doing all right. I think I'll survive. Thank it, you. Were, were you dropping um, at the King's nail-biting loss yesterday? Is that why, why no. you're hungover? No, I was at an Afrikaans wedding. Oof, okay. You've, well, got, you've got to do it for the speeches. Yeah, was the brandy flying? Like, no, no, no. I, I, I stuck to the red wine in the beer. Oh, very good. Uh, ben, I know it's not so late for you, but uh, who knows, you might have been up all night because of James Lowe II. So, how are you? Uh, I'm good, yeah. I'm a little bit tired, but nothing. James Lowe II was quite good last night. Um, yeah, that was fine. Cool. Uh, Alex will not be joining us today. Unfortunately, his podcast studio has been invaded by relatives. Uh, for what I understand, the, the Plush Tar Podcast Studio. Ben, could you would you know about the how plush that the studio is? No, I haven't. I haven't actually been to Alex's house. I'm going to visit him in April, so uh-huh. I, I can I can give a I can give a full report on the the podcast studio slash man cave slash. I'm assuming gaming, you're going to be staying gaming. Yeah, yeah. Actually, Alex isn't going to be there. It's just going to be me, um, Taniela Tupu, and yeah. Uh, and also because uh, Al- Alex is in India. Enrico. Ah, uh, yes. Uh, yeah, Enrico Mioni. Yeah. I don't. Yeah, I don't know. Like that's a it's got a lot of responsibility, and then obviously James Lowe the second as well. Like that's a lot of things to keep alive. Yes. Uh, look, look. I think two out of three is what you should be aiming for, Ben. Yeah. Well, that's, that's what I was saying. Because, you know, now James Lowe II has a little tortoise. Oh, yes. What did you actually set? Tor- what name did you settle on? Tortoisten van Jasfeld. Yeah, it's a good one, that. No, no, it's it's currently a debate between Tortoisten van Jasfeld and Jelly Bean. Jelly Bean. I like Loazin Toto. Loazin Toto is just allusion to it's just an allusions to the world's fastest wing, you know, Adam. Yeah, well, then I was also thinking of uh, my shell Hooper or Car My Shell Hunt. But no, no, you can't yeah, call him Car My Shell Hunt. There's a, too much bad blood there. Yeah. Yeah, he he ate a flower earlier. I don't know if he got a bit of a buzz off it. So uh, yeah, I think the jury's out whether it can be called Car My Shell Hunt. Uh, all yeah. right. Uh, well, uh, for, for those of you listening, sorry, uh, apologies for that digression, but not really. We we have a, a decent amount to get through today. Uh, Matt did say this will be a low wattage episode. I don't know. We'll we'll find out. I do think I could bring the wattage up with a rant. I have a planned rant. Does does a planned rant make it a rant though? Yeah, it's sort of. It's it means you've just brought your soapbox instead of just found it lying next to you. <laughs> That's fair. Uh, right, we, we got the news coming up. We've got a whole bunch of news to go through. Then we're going to be chatting a little bit about this Pro 14 and Six Nations, going through some of the results. Then, in terms of our final set of Super Rugby previews, uh, Matt's going to be doing the Sharks again. Uh, he was on Draft Rugby. Uh, I don't know if you did a great job, Matt, so let's, <laughs> let's try to lift the standards, eh? This time. I don't know if I'm going to be able to improve on it. Um... <laughs> uh, and then I'll be doing the Rebels. Ben will be doing the Hurricanes. And then we'll have the... Oh, God, here we go. Game, blame, game of the week, sponsored by Game. And then the Stop, Drop, and Pull, sponsored by... Adam, you, you, got, you got it right. I, I know, right? I think maybe it's because Alex isn't here. I'm always intimidated. <laughs> the press, um, the press maybe, yeah, 
give a give a shout out to Fantasy Rugby Draft because you guys were on their show. Yes, so I'll, I think I'll, anyone who you make me sound like a dick. I uh, it's first of all it's called Draft Rugby. <laughs> okay, uh, oh, sorry, it's Draft Rugby. But yes, a big big shout out to uh, Harry and the guys across as they called it the bigger ditch. Uh, the, the Indian Ocean. Uh, Matt and I were... It's quite a big ditch. <laughs> yeah, it's huge. Matt and I were, uh, were on their show that, that came out, I think, on the 31st, uh, assisting, maybe poorly, with the South African Conference preview. Uh, particularly, there, there was quite much consternation uh, when Matt was a little bit undecided if Philip Vanderbilt will start with the Sharks. So hopefully, hint, hint, you get that right. But thanks to Draft Rugby for having us on. Uh, it was awesome. And if you haven't checked it out, go to draftrabby.com. Uh, I think their site might be launching very soon, literally in the next few days. Uh, yeah, I, think... I, heard, I heard Monday or Tuesday. It's yeah. exciting times. Yeah, so if you're interested in Draft Rugby, you can check that out. There's also Fantasy Draft Rugby. I think that's what it's called. Also the New Zealand side. I know I've been running last year. Slightly different scoring systems um, if you want to check it out. But yes, guys, uh, thanks to Draft Rugby for having us on. We will be having one of them, we hope on our show next week, which will exclusively focus on draft rugby. And just to chat more about the format, the scoring, what draft is exactly for those of you who aren't aware of it or have played it before. It's great. Uh, the band's gone forever, particularly if guys make poor picks like Matt did last year. I think his was the worst last year um, in our draft. What was Matt's, what was Matt's bad pick? And they him on the scudder in like round one or two. And he was still injured for about four Run. months. Uh, yeah, I, I think Phil uh, picked up, what's his name, Asafa Amoa? Yes. And he just and he just didn't even, like, it was just all Ricky Riccitelli. Like, he didn't even, like, get on the <laughs> yeah, field. It was good. And he picked him up, I think, first round or second round. It was great. Oh yeah, but those are that definitely the worst picks last year, uh, I think. Not Jordan Lucy as the first overall pick, Adam. That, no, that was a good pick. the number one pick. I don't know, Adam. Adam, if you'd pick Jordan Lucy, <laughs> say... Eight, like as as the eighth pick, you might have a bit of a leg to stand on, but for him to go as the number one pick, I, think... I, I shouldn't have actually just said that worst pick, but I nearly got away with it. Uh, Alex, Alex, Alex would have slacked so. But far. I fully, I fully own how shit my pick was for Nair Milneskita. <laughs> well, that's fine. I, 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 I picked as well, Dag. I picked as well, Dag, and he was still injured for like a month or two. So this year, I've been a lot more thorough. But yes, you also picked to Maka Allen. <laughs> That's what we're going to be chatting to Draft Rugby about. Uh, please tune in uh, next week. Alex will be hosting that. I picked Sturzaka like a week after. I picked Sturzaka like a week after his fucking European debut. That fourth place in the, in the draft, the fifth place, uh, we're expecting more, hey? That's, that's, you know what? I've decided it's the, it's the stress of making two picks at the same time. My bra- as, as Ben knows, I, d- I don't like to think. So having to think about two picks at the same time, it's a bit rough. No, it is. But it's also a test in human psychology, which we'll all chat in it, chat about next week. Alex will be hosting, as I mentioned, since he is the draft king. Apparently, he works for, for our commissioner. We've never met the, the commissioner. So Alex isn't here, unfortunately, to not elaborate on that person. Uh, I'm afraid we do know our intern. So they're not comparable whatsoever. Right, uh, we digress. Let's just get stuck into the news. Starting off with a story that came out actually on Monday. A little bit old, but still very irrelevant. This is from Sport24, and they stole it from NatVac24. Several of the country's top rugby players in South Africa are reportedly refusing to extend their franchise contracts before SRB makes announcements regarding the contract structure for the Springboks. Most of the top box dual contracts with their franchises in SRB expire after this year's Rugby World Cup. And according to NatVac24, 
The players want clarity regarding the governing body's intentions for future remuneration. This comes after news broke in October last year that SA Rugby was planning on scrapping Springbok contracts with players to earn bigger test match fees. Uh, the report on the website added that one franchise indicated that most of their top Springboks would head abroad if SA Rugby was to scrap Springbok contracts. It added that the players want long-term financial security instead of match fees. Springbok players currently do earn match fees, but the number would significantly increase to anything between 250000 to 400000 rand per test match. Just for the sake of the exchange rate, hold on, rand, dollar, uh, 400, let's say uh, they crack, uh, let's see, 400,000 is a lot. Let's say see Khaleesi, he's going to get 400,000 rand for a test match. That's the equivalent of $30,000 per test, which sounds a shitload. But remember, the box only pay, uh, play, I think, about 10 to 12 test matches a year, and reportedly... SRIB spends about 60 million rand. Actually, I saw a figure there. I don't know if it's in the same story. Uh, okay, no, I, think yeah. it, I think it was 60 million yeah. rand on 16 players yes, or something. that's right. Yeah, yeah, the players like with joint contracts currently earn on average 3.7 million just from SRIB. That's sponsorship deals and all that. Currently, SRIB pays 70% of the, the salary and the union's 30%. Uh, I don't think this is going to go ahead, Oaks. I think if all the players are going to say we're going to bugger off, they just maybe need to trim that list a little bit, keep it to 15 players. I don't know. I just don't... If, if the players are binding together and, and acting collective action, action as a, a South African fashion anyway, I don't see... I don't see this being implemented. This is too much to lose because SRAP need their box in South Africa for that TV money. Yeah, but I'm just... This is more about having the Springboks play Super Rugby. Yeah, essentially it's so that the box are like... Because in terms of South African contracts, I think they're too many. Like, people like DDA having a Springbok contract, I don't think that makes sense. Like, I honestly think Mark should have one. Khaleesi yeah. should have one. Peter Steph the Toy should have one. Then Pollard should have one. You know what? Maybe I think, not even. I think the, numbers, the number of contracts fine. Uh, what I complain about is that the length of the contracts are wrong. They they feel too long because I mean they're signing guys for like three year four year contracts mm. and that's and that I mean especially out out in the backs on the wings and that that's and the centers even that's too long a contract some new new blood's gonna come in there and and you can't you stuck with some old horse there for another eighteen Yo, months. That, that's so. what happened with DDA that he was just on the books for basically no. okay he's had a bit of a return to form but the beginning of 2018 he was cock eh. Yeah, and he was Super on the books. Of that. Sort of end, end of 2017, beginning of 2018. Well, you know, he wasn't good. But he was just on the books. So he was al- they were almost obliged to pay him, well, to play him because they were paying him. So you're like, well, fuck, we better get some mileage out of this dude. Or, <laughs> you know, like your board's going to come to you. It's like, why, why the fuck are we paying this guy 3 million rand a year if he's sitting on the bench or not even in the squads? So, like, yeah, exactly. that's a... Uh, but no, then at the same time, I think... I'd, we say that, but I don't even think then. I mean, then the players are like, this is, if, if I say, if, like I say, now shorten the contract, that's exactly what the players are bitching about. It's essentially shorter contracts. Isn't that one of the things they want to offer as well? Yeah, I mean, yeah. I don't know. I, I, I know it's like an idealized thing, but in my ideal world, you don't get paid for playing for the Springboks. It's purely, uh, it's purely an honor to represent your country. You know, like most other sports are like that. Like football or whatever, I think the, 
to play in the World Cup, the English players were getting £500 a game. And then if they won, they would get like a £500 bonus. You know, compa- compared to the amount of money the footballers earn, you know, that's, yeah. that's a joke. Fuck all but I, I, I think that's what it should be like. Like, you should be, basically, your, your job should be at your club. And yeah. then, you know, your Springbok, that's a, that's an honor to represent your country. I, and I think Ugh. it should be that like, like that across the... I know it doesn't really work like that because also rugby, it's a lot higher risk. So, you know, you, yeah. you don't want... In a way, you, as a club side, you don't want Springboks. You basically want yeah. the you want the fringe guys like you want someone like Philip van der Waal or Richie Moanga or um, like Ben Lamb who who are the best non-international representatives. Yeah. Because it, then you kind of get the benefits of someone who's almost international quality without having to rest them, without the risk of them getting injured, without having to cover half of their international uh, contract. Blah blah blah. Mm. No, anyway. Yeah, Shouldn't I just... They, my only concern is... Yeah, sorry, Matt, you go ahead. I was going to say, according to what Ben says, the 70-30 split in wages makes no fucking sense. That If you've got a Springbok on your books as a club, why is Saru then, sh- then fitting the majority of that Springbok salary? I think it's because maybe, since most of Saru's money comes from TV money, and like when a casa... Sorry, for those of you unfamiliar, casa is... Uh, the Communications Regulatory Authority here in South Africa. There was some news that came out a few weeks ago about them looking to shake up the broadcasting model, particularly for sports rights and moving certain... God, I hope they do. Uh, They can't. They can't afford it. Because Cricket South Africa as well, uh, SAFA, the SAFA uh, is... uh, The way it's run, I mean, you're saying you should be an honored player for your country. Look at at, uh, the South African soccer team. Uh, We, like, I don't know how much they pay, but... I don't know. That's more of a club. The South African soccer team is just like what SA Rugby might might end up like 10, 20 years, where players don't want to come back and play for South Africa because it's not worth the hack. They go against their club sides. They're risking risking salaries. But that's that's besides the point. Sorry, I was just going to say that since SA Rugby do most of the negotiation for the TV money, I assume they're richer in some of the unions. And based on what's going on in the Stormers right now, I wouldn't trust anybody there with a huge chunk of change. Certainly. I'm not quite sure how the revenue is distributed. That's a separate model. I just uh, I don't really trust most of the provincial authorities, uh, personally speaking. I like I like Ben's idealized world, but it's just impractical. Yeah, yeah, no, no, yeah. like 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 the way rugby set up yeah. international is very much the highest level. Yeah, and just when, when I, like, I was I was just saying like in football, I would argue that like I reckon Barcelona would probably beat Spain at football, if you know what I mean. Yeah. Mm. Much. When you know, when no no uh, no Super Rugby side could beat the Springboks, if you know what I mean. Well, no South African Super Rugby side could beat. There the we go. I was gonna say. I was gonna say. Let's not, let's <laughs> not discount. Let's not discount the, the Crusade. Yeah. 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 Let's not ride off the Sages at the Cades, eh? but generally speaking. I just, I just a final point on the longer contracts. Um, I kind of understand though, because if you let's say you're negotiating a two-year contract, when you go to renegotiate, it becomes much more expensive. In a certain sense, and it does offer, at least from a from a budgeting perspective, stability to both the player uh, and the box in question. There is the risk that the trade-off is that you get a guy like DDA who's who's shit for an entire year, and you have to keep paying him paying him coin as a result. So uh, yeah, this yeah, the, the issue yeah. comes as well injuries. You know, like yeah. say whatever you sign your three-year Springbok contract next year, next day you fall down the stairs, they still have to pay. 
There's insurance for that, at least. Yeah, I think that, that's done yeah. through the Players Association as well. But so, I digress. Uh, let, let's move it along. This is a topic we could chat about, and it will be very interesting just to see what comes out the wash, uh, especially as Super Rugby approaches and post-World Cup. It will be an exodus. Yeah, the question uh, is I think, Chief, is there's going to be an exodus. Uh, New Zealand and South Africa, I yeah, reckon. the Kiwis are beginning to... I mean, Australia, they've been bleeding steadily. Uh, the Kiwis, we're going to talk a little bit about them later. They're beginning You're to just gonna see luck. The draft next year, we should be watching schoolboy first team games to pick up the talent for next year, I'm telling you. But yeah, I'm going to say, Australia's not going to have so much an exodus as just everyone switching codes. Pretty much. Yeah, everybody will yeah. be. Um, anyway. And Jack Maddox will go play cricket. <laughs> One can dream, then. Just to, uh, like talking. Uh, I, I, I want to. I want to see. But my, my dream is that in five years, uh, well, four years, uh, Pat Lambie hits Jack Maddox for six for South Africa to win the Cricket World Cup. <laughs> well, while, while, while uh, after South Africa eliminated Jordy Barrett, uh, along with other cricketers in the semis, because Jordy Barrett's a good cricketer, apparently. Jordy oh. Barrett's got a. I watched a bit of that. What, what's it called? The Black Clash. Yeah. Yeah. The- between the black caps and all that. Is he dag off like a like a ten step run up? Was bowling like one thirty? <laughs> what was what was? Like, oh, I, was I, did, uh, I did I did see Geordie's speed, but he was also off like kind of ten steps, and he he was bowling bounces and stuff. So obviously he's got a fair whack of no. <laughs> he's clearly honed the bounces in his in his backyard cricket, whipping it at Bowden's head. Yeah. <laughs> Bowden's head or Scott's navel. Yeah, just like Christmas lunch. Just after Christmas Day lunch, the Barrett boys all go play backyard cricket and Jordy's just whipping the ball at Bowden's head. (laughs) I'm going to be 10 this year. (laughs) Uh, Moving on. Uh, You destroyed my nice segue, guys. Uh, I had it all planned out and then we started talking about all blacks playing cricket. But you shouldn't play. Everyone's going to play cricket, Adam. Right. Next year, it's, it's going it's to be a massive code switching year. Like, Oza just going to jump sports. It's going to be out of it. Well, well oh, well, there you go. You just, you just give me my segue. I don't know. Everybody might jump, jump sports in Cape Town because DHL has denied that it threatened to withdraw as the store's headline sponsor. If assistant coach Paul True was not relieved of his duties. They sent out a statement. I'm not going to bother reading it. This follows a report earlier in the week that the Stormers players held an emergency meeting chaired by Captain Sir Khaleesi with DHL, who seemingly then gave an ultimatum to remove True from the system. I don't need to go through this. We have been harping on about how terrible the Stormers are. You heard Alex's very salty Stormers review. It's just journey a shit show. Uh, there's some cancerous individuals in the Stormers, whomever it may be. Uh, this, it's going to end in tears, and I suspect it might affect the Stormers play. We've chatted about it up. I'm just going to push that on. But in Cape Town itself... exactly what I said on on draft rugby and that's why I picked the Stormers are going to come last in the pool. I don't know. I'm just worried about that Lions type 5. Sorry. Uh, Just going back to Cape Town. It's the Superhero Sunday doubleheader today. It is today, right? Uh, Yeah. In Cape Town. Yeah, but but this part part only gets released on Monday, so... Yeah. Uh, 10pm South African time Sunday, Ben. Okay. If you if you check SoundCloud, right? I don't I don't sit on SoundCloud constantly refreshing at midnight my time, Adam. <laughs> to, no, to quickly you're get the pod. You're not wrong. It is technically sure. Monday Mauritius, but fifty thousand tickets have already been sold for this for the day. Uh, this this came out. I do stand to be corrected. This came out a couple of days ago, so it's probably likely sold out. 
this is the future, ladies and gentlemen, of rugby in Cape Town. Uh, I, it's no coincidence that they're having it at Cape Town Stadium. Super what? Rugby, mark my words, will be there at Cape Town Stadium next year. Definitely. Adam, what you're saying, for the fu- so the future of Super Rugby is to play two, bo- two SA local derbies on the same afternoon at the same venue. <laughs> Should do. That could work. I, I, no, I'm actually, I'm actually a fan of this. To, to minimize traveling. I think the the rugby championship should be played like this. What, like a, dum, dum. No, 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 like a single venue tournament. So yeah. it'll be like, okay, so this year um, Cape Town will host the rugby championship. And okay. you do it like that. You say, okay, New Zealand, Argentina, South Africa, Australia. Then next week it's whatever, Australia, Argentina, South Africa, New Zealand. Then next week it's the third fixture. And then they they move to um, they move to another then then they have a, a like a two week rest then they play same thing but in Argentina yeah or same thing but in Australia or whatever yeah, I think like I I, th- I I think that's how rugby championship should work because it takes out the travel factor and then it makes it more of a, a spectacle. But imagine imagine being the two sides playing playing both playing away. Yeah, but then you know next year you go. You yeah, no, yeah, yeah, no. I understand it's going to come in your swings and roundabouts. You're going to host. Yo, yo, so, so every year you either get three home games or zero home games, basically. Yeah, I yeah. don't. That's not that illogical. No, I, I don't think. Uh, it, it's, uh, I like it, but I. No, but it also no it'll also save it'll save a lot on travel costs, and it won't okay. affect. Because basically, the longer you spend somewhere, the less being the away team affects you, if you know what I mean. Yeah, true. Yeah, no, no, definitely. I like, I like it from a logistics standpoint, but I just can't see any of the, well, essentially, let's say Sansa agreeing to it, because they've obviously got a cut in local ticket sales. Yeah, yeah. no, but then, but then you, you, you recalculate the revenue sharing money. So, no, wherever the games are being played, the revenue is split four ways between the the unions. Okay, well, fair enough. Uh, right. Like, like like now for this one, do you think Western Province Rugby Union is getting all the money for Superhero Saturday? Nope. Sunday. No, I don't no, even no. think they're getting any money because they're fucking useless at, at negotiating. <laughs> <laughs> they probably got a whole lot and you know left it on a yeah. bus or something. They, 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 look, Western Province is actually paying for the opportunity to play in Cape Town this <laughs> <Yeah>. weekend. <laughs> yeah. The Stormers uh, are actually like worse off after this game. Yeah. Uh, well, yeah, it's tough for the Stormers to have an away game in Cape Town. Moving on, it's time to move on. Sorry, yes. Okay, can we move on, please? Yeah, if you have to. I have to, yeah. Uh, otherwise, we, we're going to run, run, run for Stormers. Also, I had a good segue here. Speaking about being worse off, former All Blacks coach and top rugby strategist John Hart has signed an ominous warning, not just over the proposed new Nations Championship concept, but the state of the game in general New Zealand. Uh, hype, blah, blah, blah. There's major concerns about what rugby's proposed unofficial annual global competition that has been dubbed the Nations Championship. Well, well, there's more to come from that. This is from Stuff. But rather than that, the the man using rugby installs the Blues board to help provide the franchise spoken out and whether he believes he believes is a dire straight of the game. Oh, what he believes is the dire straight of the game at amateur level in New Zealand, which he believes is a far more serious issue for the sports community power brokers. Uh, under World Rugby's proposal, which is still being chewed over by the top table of major rugby unions, the top 12 nations in the world, we play an unofficial world championship each season, which would culminate in a final at November. It would effectively formalise the July, formerly June and November into inter-hemisphere windows, and expected to put millions more into the pockets of top unions. Uh, however, though the, the Northern Hemisphere's flagship competition of the Six Nations would remain unchanged by our proposed promotion relegation system, 
that is already meeting staunch resistance. The same cannot be said of the rugby championship. Under the plan, the championship would expand to six teams, with Japan and Fiji nominated as the designated additions, and would suffer a major remake away from the current system of home and away matches among the four participants. Hart has major reservations over the nation's championship concept on a number of fronts. Uh, he said he told stuff. All, all I see happening is that the countries that will get fed are the top countries again, and the countries that won't get fed are the countries that need the money, Hart said. Uh, people will not watch a competition that is uneven. It sounds a lot like Super Rugby. We've made that mistake with Super Rugby, kept adding teams. Every oh. time we add teams, we weaken the competition. I don't think there's a team being added in Super Rugby that's added value. In fact, they've weakened the competition, so more is not better. It's flawed and flawed further because the North are totally protecting what they've got. Are they talking about reshaping the competition? Of course not. Uh, and as you said, how I felt the unofficial World Championship issue would not only become boring, it would impact on the game's flagship event. Open quote, the World Cup is special, and this will dilute the World Cups. They should agree a global season and still have competition between North and South, and I'd still have Lions tours and teams touring. It's hard now, but it's a far better approach. Uh, lastly, we're hard to... Oh, yes, sorry, just, just a far thing from me. The Nations Championship will put money in people's pockets, but it will be the same pockets going to now. It's a short-term solution to a funding issue and getting more equitable money into the Southern Hemisphere, but it doesn't solve the problems we face. He's right. He's absolutely correct. So, uh, yeah. But okay, can I um, two things? Like I think we need to get more creative with the November tours because it's mm. just always it's always the same shit. And you know, like I'm a, it's a bit it's a bit dull that the rugby season's basically just the same thing in repeat. You know, maybe yep. one year like this year we didn't like last year we didn't play Ireland. Maybe this year we won't play England or you know like. But there's no real variety. Like I would like to see a. Uh, you know, a little, a little three-way um, or four-way little tournament, you know, where there's a little round-robin, then a, a final, then a third-place playoff. Something like that. Just just to give a little more um, a little more spice. Because at the moment, rugby, international rugby, it's too, it's too predictable. The only people who are actually doing interesting things are the second-tier nations. Yeah. You know, like, uh, like the All Blacks, uh, not the All Blacks, like... Um, the USA playing the All Black Maoris, then uh, playing Scott. Like, they seem to actually do quite interesting things. Same with, like, that Italy when they went and played Georgia and Japan. And that's quite cool. But, like, the current, the, the, the way the first tier nations are managing their season now, it's just, it's boring. Like, they're playing it safe. And I also want to say, he says, fine, all the revenue will go to, it'll still go to the top dogs or whatever. But the revenue goes to the top dogs at the moment. So, at least try something different. At least try shake it up. Yeah, yeah but I, I kind of hear what he's saying because this, this is just the other piece of news uh, that I wanted to mention. Uh, this is also from stuff. The new chief executive of the Six Nations has categorically ruled out the possibility of relegation being added to the championship. Uh, this is in, in relation to the Nations League discussions. Uh, a report in the London Times newspaper on Wednesday laid out the proposal. Uh, blah, blah, blah. Benjamin Morrill, uh, he became Six Nations boss in October after 20 years of working to grow the NBA in Europe, and he was in Los Angeles this week to hear, you know what the NBA doesn't have? Proportion relegation. Of course he's going to say that. He apparently said this, there will be no relegation mechanism, he told the Times. It is not on the agenda. It is clear that any adaptations, uh, um, square brackets to the global calendar, close square brackets, will need to be substantial improvement of the current setup, which is successful, as the latest all of the series can attest. We we'll also need to fully consider player welfare aspects and not dilute key existing competitions. I want to make sure that the Six Nations is as competitive off the pitch as it is on the pitch. There's always any temptation for any sport to build future value on volume, 
Rugby needs to be cautious of preserving player welfare. The Canada simple storyline. I'd be a guardian of that as much as... He's talking absolute utter bullshit. What he's talking about is still, as, as Hart alluded to, protecting the interests of the primarily English and French clubs and their players. Because already those players are, are, are bucking within the old system. So the RFU and Premiership Rugby have been fighting. Top 14 is a law unto itself in certain respects. as well, And only the French Rugby Union have only been working now to work on eligibility uh, certification for, for their players. As Hart alluded to, this whole thing is about the Six Nations protecting what they got and buying off the Southern Hemisphere and not making any meaningful compromise for the health of the game long term. Like, and Morris, so he comes from the NBA. He doesn't even understand promotion relegation and the value thereof. Georgia are ranked high in the, in the world rankings in Italy as well. Italy have not won a Six Nations game since 2015 or 2016. It's, it's, it's a joke, frankly speaking. The problem is, when you look at the rugby championship, there is no comparable quality. Georgia will probably at least beat Italy half the time, if not more. Except Georgia is stuck in their own little island within the European Nations League. Uh, all this is about, as Hart alluded to, is the, is the Northern Hemisphere protecting what they want, and the French and English clubs in particular uh, getting what they want as well. It's, it's bullshit. They're not willing to compromise. And, at the, at, and as we do this, Southern Hemisphere rugby slowly withers on the vine. That's, that's my rant. Sorry, I got very angry. He's just, it's just bullshit. It's just political nonsense. No one wants to compromise. Just, just like what's happening in Brexit, politics will wire. It's the same me, 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 me attitude. It makes me angry. Angry. No, it's fair enough. But th- this is why world rugby can't be, can't be overly influenced by, um, by certain countries. Like every country has to have an equal say. Because you can't, it's like the UN, like it can't work because of those, the five countries having the veto power. Yeah. It's yeah, the same thing with world rugby. It is as or important. Security it is as important as world security, I swear. <laughs> yeah. No, no, but it's the same thing. Like as soon as you can't have an organization where two or three members actually hold all the power, because what's the point of the organization then? The problem is on the flip side, if, Western province is exactly what you're talking about, where the where everyone's equal in that, and all the lower lower clubs have that much sway, and that's apparently leading to most of the shit in Western province as well. Western province rugby union, I should say. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, ob- obviously, like the the Guinea-Bissau rugby union probably shouldn't have as much influence as the All Black rugby union, but at the same time, like these countries aren't going to grow if if yeah, no good if if the first tier nations just hold like a monopoly over rugby. Yeah. It's just, uh, it's just, um, screw you six nations. It is a good competition, but it, it's bullshit. Uh, it has to be promoted. Well, is, is it a good competition? I think so. Because I would bar Italy. But the, the, no, no, but the, the problem is what you want in a competition is that any team can beat any other team. Yeah, but the problem is we must be careful because we we're talking from the position of the rugby championships, and we've got yeah, but we've I got think our the own Italy. The rugby championship, yeah, we Italy some days. Yeah. Um, but the the the, the rugby champ, the Tri Nations was like that. Like that yeah. was a great tournament because it was like it was honestly three teams at the peak of their power just going at each other. Because yeah. now also like okay, obviously. England and Ireland are strong. Maybe France on their day. Wales are like a little bit below that. And then Scotland and Italy realistically are never going to win the Six Nations. 
Yeah, no, at this point, I don't think so. No. Because I, I would say I would say Argentina winning the rugby championship is more likely than Italy winning the Six Nations. Yeah, I think yeah, I think we clo- I think yeah, if you want to put a year cap on it, we must probably closer to seeing Argentina winning the rugby championship than we are to seeing Italy win Six Nations. Yeah. Or even actually, let's let's make it fair and say because they both have to jump up for essentially three spots. So Italy coming like sec third. Uh, yeah. yeah, I think just comparatively jumping the right numbers. Not fair enough. All right, it's just a uh, rant, rant done. Uh, I'll be the because Alex is the prince of prince 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 of rants. I'll be I'll, I'll find an appropriate title uh, for my rant. A viscount. You can be a viscount. I'll be viscount. Yeah, that, that sounds good. That's a good title. Uh, all right, just just a couple of just quick ones. Sorry, we have been going on for a bit with the new Sam Carter. He signed for Ulster. Uh, and he'll be joining him at the end of the 2019 Super Rugby season, so he will not be taking part in the World Cup. That's definitely going to happen. Something that's sad in all of us, the great Fiji... Really? Sorry? He's not going to take part in the World Cup? No. He's ruled... By signing for them, uh, he can't. Doesn't he... Is it... Does he have enough, enough caps to get the... Whatever it's called? No. Like the Matt Ghetto provision? 60. They need, yeah, they need they they get provisions, not our thirty. It's yeah. like high. It's like fifty. No, but does he have how many caps does he have? Uh, geez, you ask me questions, bro. That I do not have the answer. No, to. so sorry. I, I'm just gonna. I'm gonna Sam Carter, right? We're all gonna one. Google it. Yeah, we all have to Google it to ask. Oh, gosh, it's so yeah. slow. Let's see. Oh God. I like how uh, it says it has who his dad is. His dad is David Carter. He's played for Australia only sixteen times. 16, fuck. Yeah. If you ask me, I would say Sam Carter was a 50 cap Wallaby. No, didn't be not. <laughs> I know, I know. I, I'm still... No, you just I, I, I know. Uh, anyway, uh, <laughs> also, uh, quick test. How many test caps does Nemani Nadolo have? Four Fiji. Yes. Not that many, uh, I think. I'd say 40-odd. 30. Yeah, I'd say 40. I don't think he's... Yeah, I was going to say... Between 30 and 40, I don't think he's got near 50. Uh, and he's not Fiji don't be... play that much, huh? No, and uh, he's not going to be adding it to any to them, because he has retired, uh, along with uh, Tomochi Nagusa. They both announced their retirement ahead of the Rugby World Cup. They will not be at the Rugby World Cup. As Nadolo said, Then they both play for Montpellier in France. That, that's half the story. I felt it was the right decision for me and my family moving forward. Uh, that's pretty much it. I mean, the Fiji guys thanked them and that sort of stuff. Uh, I just know uh, we all loved Nemanja Nadola when he played for the Crusaders. Uh, he was fantasy platinum. He was the, the best thing going around in fantasy rugby. Great rugby player, a uh, good servant of the game, uh, and an underrated kicker. If you ever watched him kick a ball, it's smooth as silk as well. So, yeah, I love that he was the Fijian kicker. Yeah. Uh, Nemanja Nadola, we will miss you. Uh, you left us too soon. But uh, also, you don't, blame, you don't blame him, really. Uh, What's the... He, he, will not, he will not win the game blame game sponsored by game. No, he won't. Yeah. So even though yeah. they were put under pressure by Montpellier, that's my theory anyway. It's a yeah, I was going to say, isn't that the, yeah, it's the, isn't that the, the conspiracy theory that Montpellier has basically said, if you guys retire, we'll up your salary. If you retire from mm. international rugby, we're going to up your salary. Otherwise, we're going to lower your salary. It's yeah. essentially what they told the two of them. Yeah. Well, it's fair enough. It's almost why Vili LaRue left Wasps, actually, because they're because of just they're saying, well, what's the point of paying you your salary if, you know, you spend half your time on Springbok duty? Hmm. Um, but, I mean, is, is, are there any leagues actually even running during the fucking World Cup this year? No. 
None that matter. Uh, I'm sorry if I insulted your league if you are listening. Uh, yeah, but that's what I'm saying. It's like stupid. Why in a World Cup you have forced him to, to drop, uh, drop? I suppose maybe just maybe it's just his, his contract happened to come up this yeah. year. Yeah. Right. Uh, <laughs> last piece of just a big, big piece of story. All right. If you're not familiar uh, with South Africa, as I've said before, uh, right now we have a commission running that's looking into the issue of what we refer to as state capture, which in brief is uh, non-governmental officials buying off governmental officials and twisting the states to make decisions that financially benefit them. The commission appointed to do this in South Africa is called the Zondo Commission. And this commission has been like a blockbuster news story here for, for quite some time. It has highlighted a connection between uh, an implicated lawyer, his name is irrelevant for this, the Watson family uh, of Alachiki and Luke Watson and Jake White. As recounted in Business Day, this is from srabimag.co's and they started for Business Day, White was approached by his lawyer in 2007 on behalf of the Watson family, led by Cheeky and his son Luke. The Watsons were politically connected, and as alleged in White's autobiography, sought to put pressure on him to pick Luke and take him to the World Cup that year. White's lawyer apparently told him that if he agreed to such demands, that he would then remain involved in South African rugby. If not, it was alleged that he would not coach the team to the World Cup. Ultimately, any deal fell through, with the Watsons reportedly getting cold feet. According to Business Day, White's lawyer was this, uh, this guy that shouldn't be mentioned. Um, the same lawyer of the Mosasa group of companies implicated by these guys, that, etc., uh, etc. Et so, uh, Cheeky Watson, he is... Uh, He's a dick, eh? I'm sorry. Cheeky's he, the story he, that just won't stop giving. No, but Cheeky, is so, he is so bad for Eastern Cape rugby and therefore South African rugby. Yeah. Like, like no, agreed. He, he, he was, honestly, he set development in the Eastern Cape back 30 years. No, 100%. I agree with that. Class A knob, Todd. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I'm just curious. Yes? Was this before or after? Did they want Luke to be a buck before or after he said he was going to puke all over the jersey? I'm trying... I just want to get the timeline here right. Uh, I don't know. (laughs) Because it sounds so stupid because, I mean, the one thing we know about Luke is that he didn't want to wear a buck jersey. Now they're saying, yeah, but (laughs) the attorney's approach... They approached. They tried to strong arms Jake White into picking him. Yeah, because he was. Because they did. He was sort of a. Oh, how can I term this? Like a white quota. Remember. Because yeah. he got. He got. Um, he got included. When was it? He. But he has book caps, does he? Yeah, he's got like I think less than ten, like around five, most probably. Yeah. So. And but then he came out like saying like, yeah, he doesn't want to go anywhere near that because wasn't he? Because they, they didn't, they refused to initiate him or something. Yeah, something, I know yeah, you were, oh, sorry, no, I, was, I, was, I was still in school when this happened, but no. I remember there was something, like, apparently there is, like, some sort of initiation, yes. and then they refused to do that for Luke Watson. Yeah, because he, oh, God. he was a dick, uh, in rugby church. Yeah. I don't know him personally, but uh, his uncle, his uncle's turning out to be a massive dick, <laughs> if you, if you know Because yeah, his uncle's on. causing... Yeah, at the Pesasa thing oh, as well. Jesus Christ, that stink. But, anyway. Oh, no. Shame, it's so shit, though, because Cheeky and his brother, the uncle there, they had such good, like, such strong goodwill, like, go, like before all this shit came out, because, you know, they were the two guys who played in the Black League and PE and all that, and they were famous for integration and all that, and now just all this shit coming out, you just... I don't know, it tarnishes what was actually going to be a, quite a decent sort of legacy and story. Yeah. Um, how the world turns, uh, to say yeah. that. 
Uh, moving on, our final pieces of news. Just there was some Pro 14 action yesterday. Uh, we mostly care about the Cheaters and the Kings. The Cheaters managed to beat the Kings in a tri-fest. 40-36. Matt, were you able to watch this? No, I was at, I was at the wedding, Adam. Oh, right. Sorry. 40-36. Yeah. Jeepers, yeah. the Kings came back then. Because I think when I was watching, it was 40-20 odd. And that was like 72 minutes. And the Kings had just got a card, either yellow or red off. Yeah, apparently, sure. yeah, well, that's the same as last week as well. The Kings apparently just relish a, a late game swing around. They no longer they're 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 a sixty minute side, but the last sixty minutes. <laughs> when did you stop watching? When did you see the score, Ben? Sorry, say that again. I want to say at about um, sixty five seventy minutes. Yeah, somewhere around there. at seventy minutes, you had one, two, you had three tries <laughs> by the Kings. Oh. <laughs> oh. Well, there you go. Yeah, jeez. Yeah, uh, and then lastly, just the Six Nations kicked off yesterday, well, Friday. France managed to pawn <coughs> a 16-0 halftime lead to lose to Wales, 19-24 at the start to France. Scotland beat Italy 30-20, and then the headline clash. Yesterday, England are well in their way to winning the championship after they thumped Ireland 32-20 in Dublin. I think it's the it's Ireland's first loss in Dublin for 20 matches, something like that. Uh, I managed to sneak a few glances as I was at dinner. At the time, it looked like a Jake White ball meets Jake White ball, but like bigger, no, I, stronger. I, I watched it. It was, yeah, it was it was quite a dull game because both yeah. teams were playing this very sort of low era, like non flair game. You know, just trying to kind of knock the shit out of the other ones. Island um, star. Oh, I would yeah. say. Yo, it's, it's just like it's just like low era. Like they were both they were yeah. both trying to like strangle each other. England, the ball, the ball did bounce for them a few times. Like they had one where they they turned around Stockdale, and then he he did something weird. He tried to sort of hit the ball back and then catch it because he was basically going to have to ground the ball in goal, and then he sort of just dropped it and they scored. Jack Noll, the the flanker come wing who's never played flank, scored. No, Jack Noll tackled him and someone else scored. Um, then there was another. England's third try, I think it was. It was like it was a kick through, and to me, it looked like the guy was in front of the kicker. But then, what the the TMO basically said, okay, the guy was actually in line with the kicker. So whatever the whatever the the call was, the the call, the on field call must must remain. So two of those tries were pretty much a gift. Then they also got an intercept, but that was towards the end where Ireland were just kind of trying to. You're trying to trying to run everything. Yeah, so I don't. It wasn't that convincing, but I think both teams, to be honest, like their defense is good, but I think both teams battled to score tries. I know, I know, it sounds weird because there was there were six tries in that game, but none of them were really properly manufactured. If you know, maybe someone will come up. The English first try actually was a was a pretty normal try. But the rest of them were all quite uh, an island's first try as well. But apart from that, they were all quite against the run of play. So I would say both teams playing against them, if you can put a few tries on them, you know, against the run of play, probably inevitably, you probably have quite a good chance of beating them. But then also, just to say for England, they're a different team when Tuilangi and Vinopolo and Believer Lipolo are playing. Because then suddenly they're getting they're getting this go forward ball and kind of the rest of their game plan sort of falls into place, yeah. And just on both games, Italy Ireland and Scotland Italy, 
I don't think the racks were refereed well at all. Especially Scotland were just hands on the ball, diving over, coming in from the side, and the ref was just like, oh, fine, fine, because Italy were still getting the ball back. But by that time, they were getting such cock ball back that it wasn't, you know, like the damage had kind of been done. Hmm. Yeah, so... Well, I and so same, same with Italy, uh, same with uh, Ireland, Ireland, England, and the commentators are saying, "Oh, this is so great because you know, oh look, look, the game's still flowing, the game's still flowing." But there's a reason why the the ruck laws are in place. That yeah. if if a if a player is you know if the kind of the man over does have his hands on the ball, either it's illegal or uh, either it's illegal or not. He's the damage has been done. Like you can't just say, okay, listen, he slowed down the ball, but then he let go. So that's fine. Like that's not a penalty or whatever. It still has to be a penalty. So yeah, I don't, and I think a lot of Ireland's game is based on sort of that cumulative, you know, like piggybacking on mm. penalties sort of thing, and kind mm. of using that and then using their strong lineout. And I don't think um, because the game, the ref was more uh, free flowing and in inverted commas or whatever that um, it didn't allow Ireland to sort of develop that momentum. Yeah, but, yeah, this cool. is the six, the six... Sorry, can I just... Yeah. The Six Nations is what sets the refing trends for the year, in a way. Yeah. So, yeah, maybe maybe that's what we should expect, you know, for the World Cup and Super Rugby. Yeah, sorry, guys. That was a bit of a, a dry analysis. That's good. Yeah. As- um, Hello, Adam? Yeah, sorry. Uh, my, my wife's popped in here. She just asked me a question. Uh, do you want to be Mrs. Uh, Edie's Rabbi Banter? No. Uh, she said no. So, uh, she... No, but, but she featured. I heard her voice. Yeah, she's on mic. So we've got you're on, we're, you're on we're mic. Now, we're so now, we're now, we're now, we have a class of, what, seven now? Yeah, you're now part, 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 of, part of the club. She just pulled Actually, the no, I like eight. I like eight. Cause we've got just... Jim, James Lowe too, as well as yeah, also that's, being on that's true. Sorry about that. Um, just the one point I wanted to make is that England's line speed was really good, uh, but I, and I'm really bleak. Ireland lost. I hate England, and I think the, the point you made, Ben, about the Vinopolo brothers and Tuolangi, uh, yeah, I think that's it. I mean, none of them played for when the box should have beat them in uh, December or November. Forgive me for the August internationals. They do make them a completely different team. Um, and I know Marco had had a very, very good game, as much as it disappoints me. So, yeah, they only have one more away game against Wales and Cardiff. So that's going to be a killer. So I think uh, so saying that, I know like no one likes to see England win, but I think it's good for it's good for rugby, though. It's good for the World Cup. I think it, it, yeah. it makes the World Cup slightly more interesting. Yeah, like, like it, it really opens up the World Cup, eh? Yeah. Okay. Because yeah, I think we yeah. all said yeah that Ireland's almost essentially a lock. Now they're not so much a lock. Uh, right, that that's going to wrap it up. Just just for the news, I know we banged on a little bit for too long. Let's get straight into our Super Rugby previews. Ben, could could you just start us start us off with the Hurricanes, please? Yeah, sorry, it's on my computer. Um, I'll, I'll send you a. Sorry, I was I was rocking I was rocking James. I, I've tied oh, a string nice. to his crib and I'm pulling the string, but now I've stopped doing that, so he might cry. Okay, um, hurricanes. Is it a crib or, have you, or is he in the baby hammock? The baby hammock. He doesn't have a crib. He's an island baby. Okay, um, no checking. Just just making sure. Yeah. Okay. Hurricanes. Uh, I'll start with out. I'm gonna 
do a few more than three because actually there has been quite a lot of movement in the hurricanes. So um, first, uh, the hooker went, uh, their reserve hooker, who's actually probably their fourth choice hooker, but he did actually get quite a lot of game time last year, well, relative amount, uh, James O'Reilly. He's gone, or he's basically been released. And uh, then uh, they've lost uh, Michael uh, Fatialofa. I don't know, was a, a fatty loaf. He, he featured quite a lot in our... He was one of those players who was kind of good enough that you could accept him in your team, but you were quite happy to drop him. So I think he, he like, represented quite a, quite a few of us in draft, actually. I think he was, he was, was probably in like seven out of eight teams at one point, I'm sure. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. <laughs> so well, anyway, he, he's gone to, to uh, Worcester. Then uh, Brad Shields, which we all knew about, has gone to Wasps in England. And then they've, so they've lost their shield and they've also lost their blade. Uh, blade Thompson has gone to Scarlet and <laughs> Wales. <laughs> uh, and then uh, Jamie Booth, the sort of third choice scrum half, he's gone to the Sunwolves apparently, but I'm not super sure about that. And then um, quite, a, quite a weird one, this. Um, Ehi West. He's gone to La Rochelle. Because remember last year we were saying, why the hell is EI e. West going to the Hurricanes when he could, when he basically had a guaranteed starting spot at the Blues? Yeah. Mm. And, and now now this year when um, Barrett's inevitably going to be rested quite a lot, he's he's decided to fuck off to La Rochelle. So yeah, I don't. Maybe he just maybe he doesn't like playing rugby. Yeah, so. maybe he doesn't like. His agent's either an idiot or a genius. I'm not sure. Yeah, yeah. it's like you're gonna earn a salary for not playing rugby. Off you go. Yeah, like, like he's he's the greatest player never to have played the game. <laughs> but then um, uh, Peter Umanga Jensen, he apparently is injured out for the whole season. Uh, then Julian Sevilla, obviously a lot what, of news about him. Fuck, him and even, his... Umanga Jensen, did he even play last season? Out of curiosity, he played like two games. No, he didn't play a lot last season. I think he... Uh, yeah, he was well, injured as well last season. Yeah, it's injured and he's out for the whole season. And then um, Julian Sevilla has obviously gone to Toulon with his irritating wife. Yes. And then um, they've also swapped coaches. Uh, Chris Boyd has gone to Northampton Saints and John Plumtree has been promoted from within. So then um, the Inns, they have... Uh, Two new locks, uh, George Cridge and Liam Mitchell. Both of them seem pretty standard fare. They're kind of 23, 24. So if they're only breaking through now, presumably they're nothing to get too excited about. There's then also, uh, to replace... Sorry, sorry to interrupt you. I just know there's a guy I've spoken a lot about is... Uh, who's my team this time? Oh, Isaiah Walker. Yeah, is that that guy, yeah. Yeah, well, he, he was technically in the squad last year. Oh, but yeah, he okay, is... Uh, yeah, so he did some damn. Apparently, he's ridiculously fast for a lock, like out of hand. Draft pick? Question and mark? Maybe I don't. <laughs> he could start because, to be honest, they're not. I'm going to talk about this in weaknesses later. Ah, they're not. Yeah. They're, they're not like loaded with locks, but to me, he seems like a bit of um, a Via Fafita style lock, if you know what I mean. Like, mm-hmm. you don't really. He's not a proper lock. He's like trying to sneak another flank onto the field. This is kind of the impressions I've got on him, but I haven't. Like then these George Cridge and Liam Mitchell guys, I try to like look at some highlights or whatever, but you know, locks don't generally produce the greatest highlights reels. So anyway, 
Um, then to replace uh, Brad Shields, they've brought in Hayden Bedwell Curtis from the Crusaders. Uh, Bedwell Curtis was another one of those, similar to Fatih Lofa, who featured in quite a few of our draft teams last year. Yeah, good player, but obviously at the Crusaders he didn't really have much of a much of a run. Um, yeah, he'll probably have more game time at the Canes. Then they got an interesting guy, a Dupl- Duplessis Karifi. Who is named after the South African uh, former captain Mornay Duplessis, actually, weirdly. But he is of all the know, Duplessis you know. to pick. Yeah, he's 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 born and bred New Zealand, which is so it's quite it's quite weird. And he's actually if you Google him, he's been sort of featuring like the articles back from when he was playing like under thirteen, he's a bit of like a you know, he's one to watch. I guess kind of like Lambie was in in South African circles, you know, where people have had their eye on him for a long time. He plays flank. He's not particularly big. He's 96 kgs, 180. I don't have a chair. I think it was 186. So he's, he's not he's not massive for a flank, but apparently he's, he's very mobile, sort of like a, a Quaker Smith, Sam Kane sort of style flank. So that should be that should be quite interesting. Then what else we got? Um, yeah, then they've also fly half. They've also brought in Fletcher Smith, who was Hurricanes. Was he first? Uh, was he uh, was he second, third choice at the Highlanders? Um, uh, God, I think third. I don't think he was on the bench much uh, behind, behind. Yeah, yeah, uh, like you didn't, yeah. Well, anyway, that they brought him in presumably as high West cover because then they only actually have three fly-offs in and presumably Bowden's going to be rested a fair amount so it's just him uh, uh, Garden Bashop and uh, Bowden so, so oh well they've also got Geordie don't forget yeah if Geordie feels like it well they've also got like now I'm going to so now then they've also brought in Billy Proctor brother of the world's greatest center Billy Proctor is apparently a utility back I think he plays center and wing and yeah, he's 19, and apparently he ripped it up at the Under 20 World Cup. So potentially, you know, if they're resting a few All Blacks and there are a few injuries or whatever, he could be an interesting one. Then they've brought back uh, James Marshall from London Irish, probably a bit past his prime. He, he does have two All Black caps, I think. Um, he's another utility back, and he's actually he was playing fly half in Japan, so potentially he could also be fly half cover. And then they also have uh, Salesi Rayasi, who is a wing from Auckland, who is apparently a monster. He's like two meters tall, 110 kgs or something. So it'll be interesting to see if he gets the ball in his hands. Yeah, so that's your, your ins and outs. I'd say you're your highlighting, just to highlight three, I would say uh, Salesi Rayasi, um, Billy Proctor, and then uh, Duplessis Karifi. I would say they are your sort of your, your, your ones to watch because they, they're young, you know, full of beans, should do some damage. Um, that job's not bad either with the few times he took to the field for Crusaders last year. No, no, no. no uh, Bashop. Or I'm mis- misremembering him. No, no. Bashop used to play Rebels, I think. Did he? No, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not certain. Um, yeah, then um, Strengths and Weaknesses. I would say um, strengths. They have a very good backline if they if they sort of put it all together because they got um, they got TJ Perinara, Bowden Barrett, then Ben Lamb, um, Lamapi, 
Proctor, um, no, no, maybe Hurson, Vince Asa, someone like that on the other wing, then Jordi at the back, Milda Scudder maybe on the wing as well. So they have a, potentially a very good back line. Um, yeah, they've got some, some, uh, some consistency. I think it's a good squad. It's a good mix between sort of experience and, and youth. And then I think another strength is John Plumtree. Because a lot of the time when the team changes coaches, it kind of disrupts continuity a bit. But I think with John Plumtree coming in, I don't think it's going to disrupt continuity for them. Um, then weaknesses, I would say uh, their tight five is a bit of a weakness. Obviously, they have they do have Dan Coles. But apart from that, their props aren't – they're all right. But also – and their locks, as I said, they aren't amazing. If, especially if Fafita is playing lock. Because uh, he's, he's a good to have on the field, but I don't know. Like, I prefer to see Fafita at six. Um, then, yeah, um, there have been quite a lot of changes to their squad, so that could be a bit disruptive. And, you know, I'm only going to give two weaknesses. Um, key players, I would say Dane Coles. Like, it's going to be important for him to have a good season because he's going to want to kind of get back his all-black jersey. When he was injured, he was probably the best in the world, so it'll be good to see him. It'll be interesting to see how his how his comeback goes. Then another like notable forward, I'd say, look out Ardi Sevilla. I think he's um, he didn't have the greatest season last year, but I think he's he's on the up. He had a good, um, a good November tour. Yeah, he had a good and, national and, and rugby championship, actually. He, he was excellent. Yeah. Yeah, and then, yeah, he's probably the reason we actually the New Zealand beat us in Cape Town. Come to think about it, uh, yeah. Loftus. Oh, Loftus. Sorry, I was there. I was there, Ben. Don't remind me. Sorry, Adam. <laughs> I forgot you, you. You walked from your house. Um, then um, key backs. I, I wanted you know pick low hanging fruit and say Bowden, but um, yeah, like. He's probably not going to play a huge amount. Well, I don't know. Like, like he's obviously going to be rested a fair amount. Mm. So I would say, yeah, I'll split it between him, Jordi, and Lamapi. Like, one of them's going to have to constantly kind of be bringing it to, um, um, to to kind of keep their momentum up. Because I, I don't think because between them they're going to be rested quite a lot. But when they when those guys are playing, they're going to have to be doing some damage. Mm. And then also um interesting one to follow, I think, is going to be Nehe Monaskada. Because obviously he had an amazing 2015. And since then, like, I think his, his pace is a bit down and he's a bit, um yeah, obviously injury on injury. So it will be interesting to see how his season goes, if he can string together a run of like nine or ten games. Um Predicted conference finish. I think they are going to come second behind the Crusaders. But yeah, um, it's a very strong conference. So I wouldn't, huh. I wouldn't be shocked if they came fourth, to be honest. But yeah, cool. All right. Any questions? Uh, no. no, thanks, Ben. That's, uh, that's cool. Hello. <laughs> that was very thorough, uh, Matt. Okay, it's your turn to remember. This is your second batch at the shop in a week, so I'm hoping that you, you step up, boy. <laughs> is this the one that counts? Yes, this is the one that counts. Uh, uh, and uh, no, they both counted. Okay, um, let me start with uh, by saying Sharks are my favorite team, or at least their fans are my favorite fans, because they're just the most optimistic guys at the start of any season. 
Yeah. 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 So, so basically, Matt, what you're going to list is what should be the Springbok squad for the World Cup, eh? World Cup. 100% I'm going to run. Okay. Basically, when I go through the starting lineup, it's going to be what should be the starting, what should be the Springbok squad, barring a few ex-Sharks players who are currently overseas, like the Duplessis brothers and Reinach, and possibly Lambie and Franz Stein. Yeah. Yeah, like it's going to be awesome for Lambie this year to to win the Rugby and Cricket World Cup in the same year. Yeah. Oh no, excellent, good chap. So yeah, um, I'm going to run through the losses because there are quite a few of them compared to the additions. So they've lost old Ross Haldenace at prop, uh, but I think how many times he didn't even take the f- he barely took the field this year, didn't yeah. he? Or last year, uh, Franco Maria at hooker they've lost. So I think the biggest loss to them is Stephen Lewis, who's gone to the Lions. Actually, no, I lie. Here's the biggest lot. Apparently, Keegan Daniel retired in this period. Oh, not with so, a bang, but with a whimper. Yeah. So, so apparently, Keegan Daniels is is counted as an out player this season, which I don't think he even featured last season. So to be fair, no, uh, no, he did. He, he did. He fucked up one game for them. I remember it quite yeah, clearly. Like, don't say that because the the Durban Durban's going to get us, Ben. Don't, don't don't say that. They forgot that game even happened. Um, another retiree is Michael Clarson. Garth April is listed as signing for the Shining Arcs in Japan, but we all know that he's speculated to be joining the Bulls at some point. And they've also lost Tristan Blewett to the Southern Kings, and Yuan Daisel's gone to Colomiers. And now to plug all those holes in the squad, the Sharks have signed Ruben van Yerden from the Bulls. Mm, he should be a buck. Yeah, should be. Now that he's signed for the Sharks, he's, he's clearly put himself on the path. Yeah. But yeah, so um, so what I'm going to do is, Adam, do I have to do a top three signings? Uh, just if you no, you don't have to if it's not worth. No, it. Because I'm, the, 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 it's not that it's not worth it; it's just physically impossible. Uh, just do it, do it, do what you think's best. Because well, they only signed one person, Adam. So. Is what I'm getting at, Adam. Yeah, I know. The, the, I try not to be restrictive. Are, try to give you Oaks a lot of rope. Too much, to, maybe. To fair, too much. Yeah. To be fair, there are a couple of what you'd say call-ups from, like within the shark structure, maybe that might count. Anyway, but, I mean those aren't even those aren't even listed. It's like guys who were on the books last year that didn't play at all okay. are still listed on the books this year and are counted this year as maybe a call-up. Okay. So yeah, um, I'm going to go through. Jesus, this team looks like shit. Um, sorry. Yeah, I'm going to go through. Their props, uh, I mean, they're most probably going to obviously start Beast for most of the season, and then it's Tighthead. Tighthead, I see a shuffling of uh, Thomas the Tank Engine and Kuni being their sort of first and second choice. I'm not sure which way around they're planning on thinking yet. I know this weekend Thomas is starting. And but based on I think most of the teams this weekend are playing sort of experimental sites. So I don't know if Thomas is then seen as the starting tight head for the rest of the season. But. Yeah, who uh, I presume there will be a fair amount. Like props mm. always rotate quite a bit. So yeah, but still, uh, I'm still annoyed that he's stuck at tight head. I'd much prefer, but yeah, my hopes were dashed when I saw this weekend's team sheet come out and they'd listed him at three. I was hoping he'd just get his act together and go back to one. Yeah, okay. Right. I mean, well, if you're going to... Go on. 
Yeah, um, okay, hookers. Drifting. Hookers, they've got Akka to start. And then, obviously, Chili Boy, the great Chili Boy, as the reserve. And there's, this, there's also a uh, young lad, Karen van Fieren, who might... Uh, where was he? Uh, he was... Yeah, Curry Cup. I can't remember. I don't remember much from Curry Cup. Locks, they've got Ruben Boerter. And obviously, I'm assuming Ruben van Jeden's supposed to be within the starting starting sort of conversation with Jean-Luc Duplessis out injured. Tyler Paul's obviously going to be playing seven in his place until Jean-Luc's healthy. Then I think the locks are going to get shuffled around a bit more because... Jean-Luc, Jean-Luc Duprio. Yeah, Duprio. Yeah, sorry. I said Duplessis, didn't I? Sorry. Not, yeah, not, not the Stormers fly off. Yeah. Jean-Luc Duprio. Duprio. Yeah, Jean-Luc Duprio. Yeah. Not Duplessis, sorry. Yes. Um, I'm, I'm tired still. So, yeah. Um... Who else? I'm not going to say that they're going to be starting Terra. <laughs> They'll obviously be starting Van der Waal at six. I don't understand that system. Um, Eight's going to be Dan, much more than likely, and everyone's going to be asking him where his brother is. Nine's going to be screwed up because, well, fuck, you're not going to not start your captain. Cameron Wright's going to be riding pine for most of the season because like, Skrida's not even in the box setup, is he? Not really. Yeah, so I don't think he's going to get rotated much. I see uh, they've got Bosch as a reserve flyer or listed under flyers, but I think we're like, more likely to see him playing 15. But he's playing 10 this weekend, eh? Yeah, well, w- w- maybe. Yeah, maybe oh. we'll see a bit more of him. Because, yeah, I'm, if I remember correctly now, if I remember back now, I think he is playing 10 this weekend. So flyer could be interesting for the Sharks. Yeah. Well, yeah, well, presumably it's going to be Rob Dupria. Presumably, but if they're playing Bosch at 10, maybe, maybe there's intentions to cut down on the nepotism nonsense. Yeah, Centers but I, are, I, I, I can't see what's changed, though. That's my... Yeah, who knows? Maybe maybe, maybe Alex can report back to us and say that Garth April in the offseason... Do you think Rob Dupria might play 12? No, he'll be, he'll be 10. No, not with, not with Estrazen and... Um, yeah. As the cent- incumbent centers and more than likely, thing. I think Rob Dupree will play 12 when Estes and an arm need to get rested. That would actually be fun. Mm-hmm. You can make Bosch yeah. 10 and Dupree 12. That could be interesting. Oh, I then, wonder how resting is going to work because obviously guys like Estes and um, aren't the first choice Springboks. So do you think they're still going to be? Rested for what? Is there like a rule, like two weeks, or? I think it's supposed to be two weeks yeah. for the squad players. Yeah. I think yeah. I think it's two weeks for the squad players. I think I'm speaking under correction. And then we're coming finally out on the wingy wings, uh, where I think the Sharks are most probably at their strongest. They've got Mapimpi, Mvovo, Nkosi, Kobus van Veik, Leland Zas, and it's not listed yet, but they've also got uh, Apile Fassi, who had a Burner of a Curry Cup season. There's also that famous moment where he outgassed old Dianti. Yeah, so I think they. So I think they've got a like a wealth of riches at wing, and I think in true Sharks fashion, we're going to see about eight different pairings of all all the wings. And Kozi must probably playing the lion's share at 14, but yeah, he's obviously going to get rested at least two weeks. Mvovo. 
yeah, we've I, I mentioned earlier is the world's fastest swing, so maybe we'll see more of him. Mm. And then yeah, 15 they've got Rhino Smith and Courtney Vinar. Who are either those going to play second fiddle to Bosch, who's most probably going to play at 15, not 10. So strengths for strengths for the side, they've got they've got the support of their fans pushing them onwards to greatness. Um, sure. Mm. A weakness for this side is that history seems to go that I mean this is the guys the names I ran through are strong names it's not lie we're not going to lie we, I know we joke that there should be like the box squad or whatever but I mean most of those names if are most probably if not in the box conversation was probably just outside like they was probably about third choice third choice in their positions or whatever for most of these guys so it's not it's not like it's a weak side but and we all say this, the Sharks are going to be an excellent season. I mean, even us who aren't Sharks fans, say in the preseason, you know, the Sharks are strong, they're going to go far in the franchise, and then, fuck, the wheels come off within, like, the first fortnight, the first two rounds. <laughs> so, you know, their weakness, I think, is just history playing against them again. And, yeah, who am I going to say? Key, if Bosch, I don't know, if Bosch is probably shit for fantasy if he's being sold at fly-off and gets relegated to fullback. Because they're better fly-off picks than Bosch then. Fantasy gold, I'd say, is Tyler Paul. Hey, Adam. Yeah. <laughs> uh, do you know yeah. what? If Tyler Paul if Tyler Paul gets sold as a lock, he's, well, not, he's, he's not a terrible shout. Yeah. No, he's, no, he's listed as a flank at the moment. Mm, and I think he's going to no, stay... He's, he, well, look, we're going to be... I'm talking, on their team sheet, I'm talking on their actual team sheet, not the website. On their team sheet, he's been sold as a... He's we're talking about a, fantasy. <laughs> okay, never mind. Yeah, no. Yeah, no, sorry. But is he sold as a lock at the moment or flank? Because uh, he's definitely I, going I, I know. Lock. I know last, last year he was a lock. Yeah, but I don't know what... Because yeah, if he starts at all in the first sort of four or five rounds, he's going to be starting at flank. So. Yeah, he's, he's listed as I, a lock. Because wow. okay. yeah, he's definitely going to be starting... In John Luke's absence, I reckon, until John Luke's healthy and fit. And you don't f- think you don't think Terra will start? I, I, I've made this mistake already. Yeah, we <laughs> we, we even had had the draft guide, and they live in Australia, and they said I just no. like Terra. I just like Terra because he's got a cool name. So I kind of want. <laughs> no, no, but but, but uh, yeah, like like logic because Tyler Paul is more useful to have on the bench because he covers lock as well. <laughs> Yeah, so maybe maybe Terra starts and you can have Terra and Thunderbolt playing. That'd be that's a potent flank just name combo. Yeah, oh, I don't know. Maybe I'm just maybe I'm just chatting shit. No, but look, it's the Sharks. You got to. Yeah, I'm, I'm assuming that's going to turn to me on Monday morning. Would you would you say there's some some? Remember what Alex was saying with the Stormers, like how. They're, they're huge sort of skill gaps between players. Would you say that's an issue in the Sharks? Uh, maybe one or two. Like, Because, I mean, for, for example, like Dan, um, Tyler Paul does not deserve to be on the same field as Beast, Aka, and Dan Dupria. Uh, uh, and, yeah, and he's probably not going to be on the field when John Luke's healthy. Uh, yeah, like... like but, but, probably the bench. Yeah, maybe I'm just... No, no. Look, I understand. No, I understand what you're saying. They are definitely right. like that's, they've got a they've got a wealth of hmm. a wealth of wings that will 
be potent at scoring tries, but they're going to struggle getting the ball and stealing ball from rucks maybe and that because, I mean, Ucker's not known as a fetcher type hooker. He's a ball-carrying hooker and smashing it. And, I mean, who have they got? To, they don't really have... I'm trying to look now. Who have they... Maybe, Tara, no. Who's they got as a fetcher? Out of curiosity. Is this, is this a weakness? Yeah. Just to, to keep you on track, is this a weakness? I'd say... I'd, I'd put this as a weakness that they've got potent wings, but... I don't see much. I'm, I'm just probably going to get railed on this, but I don't see much opportunity for turnover balls from them. Besides, I don't know. Well, just it doesn't the matter shit though, because of the, the the humidity in Durban, the ball can never get to the wing match. It's impossible oh, to pass true. a Durban. Fact, Sorry, I forgot. Know. I forgot to mention that there's no point in passing because no one. It's physically impossible to catch a ball in Durban because it's apparently the the air is like sixty percent baby oil. Yeah. Yeah. Makes sense. Yeah. So, yeah, I, I don't know what else you want, Adam. No? I, I think I've sufficiently good. covered the Sharks. Yeah, I was worried that and, you were going to collapse and, on me, bro. You sounded like you were dying. You're like, <laughs> that's okay. I'm, I'm fully expecting Ant to just completely set me straight. Okay. Right, let me, uh, let's keep the show running. We need, to, we need to do the blame game and the poll. So, uh, Rebels. Right. Uh, the Rebels have had a ton of changes coming in and out. Uh, to, to put it politely, just in terms of the major ins, I'll try and avoid doing all of them, uh, since I know we are a little bit tight for time. Uh, Quake Cooper, he's their major signing for the season. He was released. He is no longer with Brad Thorne. And Brad Thorne is no longer with him, so he's very happy. Hugh Roach, uh, he's come over from the Waratahs. Luke Jones, he's come back from... Where was he? He was Fantasy Gold a few years ago. A very good flank. He is was at waiting. Click. Search. Boom. See where was he? Well, uh, the, the major point I'd like to make about Luke Jones, uh, he was at Bordeaux. Uh, he's now come back. Uh, he's like a quite a high quality flank as well. He's played three times uh, for Australia, so he's someone, someone, someone to look out for, uh, particularly in fantasy. I know he's a name that's been doing the rounds uh, for draft. Uh, and then in terms of others, Brad Wilkin, uh, another one, I see Nasarani. He, he's also and he's come over from the Brumbies. You got Cooper, Matt Timur, but Timur's only really going to play the last few weeks of the regular season. I think two or three at most, because he'll be finishing out the season with Leicester. And then someone who's come over from the Reds, Campbell Magne, who uh, I rate quite highly, quite, quite a good good youngster. And in terms of the, the major out three weeks, he's gone uh, British Lion Jeff Parling. He is a British Lion, right? Yeah, I, I promise I'm not going to make that joke okay, anymore. Okay, cool. All right. Yeah, 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 yeah. You got Colby, Colby he Fananga. Got he's gone. Lepeti Tamani gone. Amanaka Mafi. Uh, well, I guess with him and Tamani, uh, that court case is still ongoing. Mafi's gone over to Japan. We're still not quite sure if he'll be starting for the Sunwolves. Jack DeBrusini, he went to the Hurricanes. Jack McGregor, Dave Horowitz, he's gone. Uh, Henry Hutchison, don't know who he is. <laughs> Sorry, Henry. Stefan Navalu, he's gone to the Reds. And then you've got Taylor Adams. They're all out. If you're looking at the... In terms of maybe the strengths and weaknesses... Wait, where's my starting team here? Start... Draft team selection, starting team. Oh, here we are. So I'm busy perusing through all my draft research because it's so thorough. I'm going to be ready this year. Uh, hooker, that's going to be interesting. Jordan Moneyball Ulysses will like. I don't know. From what one I've read, he'll probably start. But last year, um, Rangi, <laughs> I can't remember his first name, had a very good Super Rugby season. So I wouldn't be surprised also if he doesn't start. At lock, they're quite strong. Coleman and Matt Phillip. Uh, I think Adam Coleman, I think he's the skipper this year. I do stand to be correct. Adam, they're, they're, they're strong for Australia. 
Let's not oversell it. Matt Phillip is, is good for Super Rugby. Uh, the loose trio is with Jones involved now. It's looking quite strong. Richard Hardwick. Uh, I always liked him at the force. It's just hard work and getting all the dirty work done. Along with Jones and Nasirani, he's quite strong. It's their uh, halfbacks that are very excited. Giddy and Cooper. Maybe they can recreate the title-winning magic they had when they left the Reds. Jack Maddox. I know all of us raise him quite highly uh, until he switches over to cricket. Hopefully that doesn't happen too soon. And then you've got Billy Meeks, um, Reece Hodge, who I'm also a very big fan of. Kuri Betty, the most overrated wing on the planet. And then David Haley-Petty. So overall, it's quite a strong team. Franz Faulkner, um, Alex Anzi, or, or Tadakai might be the starting props. And you've got uh, the perennial bench man, P-man, Tom English. And you've got Angus Cottrell uh, as well. Anybody you have missed? Uh, I don't think so. I just think... Um, no. uh, that, that pause, I think we'll, we'll leave it at that. I think uh, in terms of... Just major, just major backs to start off with. I think um, well, they've, got, they've got quite a bit of quality across the park. I think Genia, when Genia got injured last year, things just go a little bit off, off, the, off the rails, just so to speak. Quay Cooper, uh, to state the obvious, he's high quality. And then I'd probably say maybe Dan Petty. He provides that sort of surety uh, in the back three. And he is a quality player. He's like the lesser, lesser version of Ben Smith. I mean, he looks a little bit like him has a similar but like him, except everything's just a little bit lesser. He, he, but Ben Smith's so good that, I mean, being less Ben Smith isn't the worst thing in the world. Uh, in terms of your key forwards, uh, probably Nasirani. He'll be taking over taking over that Mafi role, but more ball-carrying. It's a Jones, one to watch. And then up front, uh, Ulysses, whether he'll get a go. We'll see. Uh, in terms of strengths and weaknesses, I'll just say we'll start with the weaknesses at lock. They don't have a lot of depth. Uh, if either Philip or Coleman get injured, you've got Sam Jeffries. He's not that experienced. Who can they find? Uh, their props. There's no real superstars. More, more workmen-like. So I wonder how strong their tight five will be, particularly their front row. Uh, we'll see. Uh, and then otherwise, beyond that, if Cooper gets injured, they might have a problem. Retodge will probably fill in a 10. But beyond him, they don't have a lot of depth. Um, and again, he is absolutely key. But in terms of strengths, again, he, again, uh, he's high quality. I think their halfbacks are fantastic with Cooper and Genia. They're going to do very, very well. I think the loose forward packs are very good. They've got quite a good forward cover in Ross Haley and Angus Cottrell. They're quite experienced. And then you've got a couple of young guns like Brad Walker and Rob Liotta. They're not too bad either. Even a hooker, they do have some options. Uh, Rangi, uh, well, Anari Rangi, Hugh Roach, and Ulysses itself. So they're quite strong. Overall, where I think they're going to finish, I think they'll probably win the Australian Conference, at my guess. But as I said, a few key injuries here and there, they're going to be in the deep cuck. But overall, it seems like they have the right sort of quality. Uh, it is unfortunate that Timur is only really getting to the party quite late. He's very much a, a pull-in for the World Cup. He could be useful for them if he can get in the three games to play knockout games. Uh, so overall... Yeah, would he be allowed to play knockout games? It depends if he can He's play... He's got to play three. X amount of games yeah, three? in the season. I think it's three. He's so, got to be listed on the squad, and then he's got to have played X amount of games. Yeah, so I think... Because I know, because I know, Kieran Reid snuck in last year. Yes, just. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, uh, that, that's going to do it, just for the, for the Rebels preview. And I actually, no, don't, mm-hmm. no, actually, isn't if he's announced in the squad, he can. But if he's not announced in the f- initial squad, he's got to have played three... I think that's what happened with the Stormers. It was, it was Mr. Stormers that brought up this whole oh, thing where they, had to pull, where they pulled in, they had to pull in like a fourth choice something who wasn't initially announced or something. I think it might have been Brits, but maybe I'm wrong. Yeah. A few years ago, I don't remember. Yeah. 
Anyway, um, anyway, that that's going to do that. Uh, right now, moving on to the game blame of the week sponsored by Game. Wait, the game blame game of the week sponsored by Game. Did I get that right? Again. Yes, you're crushing it, Adam. You're on fire today. Alex isn't here. Yeah. I'm being intimidated. Who does that go to <laughs> this week? I think it goes to Benjamin Morrell or whatever his Yes. Name. Yeah, the head of six I was going He's a pillock. I just want to. I just want to give honourable mention as well to Adam for posting two episode 63s back to back. I blame Petrie for sale. Yeah, and uh, and Jacob Stockdale for fucking up after zero, zero, big time hero to zero. Eh? Yeah, uh, yeah. For, for giving England a foot in the door and then subsequently losing. Uh, so that's it. Yeah. Thanks, uh, thanks to Mr. Morale from the Six Nations for your duplicitous statements and me, unfortunately. So I'm not the reigning champion anymore, which is nice for, for labeling the episode wrong. And then third place to Jacob Stockdale from hero to zero uh, for it. Then lastly, uh, our stop drop and poll for the week. This is what's posted by Alex. The and well, he actually asked an interesting question because we all know who's going to come first or second uh, swapped around. We'll the Crusaders two, yeah, It'll be who is third in the New Zealand Conference. Uh, the options are staffed: obviously Chiefs, Highlanders, Hurricanes, Blues, and Crusaders. Someone voted for the Crusaders. Uh, I like that Moxie. That was uh, Scott Mitchell. Uh, nice one, Scott. Uh, I don't know if you call it maybe, 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 yeah, maybe he did read the poll and he's like, why are these idiots voting for the Saders? Saders <laughs> are obviously going to take this. Why are there so many Chiefs fans in this group? Um, I, also, I also like Andrew. Andrew's always take takes the opposite view. He's always like, are you assuming there will be an agreement on on two and bottom? He just takes the contrarian view. I don't know, just to annoy Alex or something like that. But uh, anyway, but the Blues, uh, they came fourth. I voted for the Blues, as did Phil. Is that a smiling face there? Yes, it is. Yeah. We both voted for the Blues, uh, who was with us as well. Uh, and Wanda, he also voted. And Wanda, excuse me. I, I probably pronounced it incorrectly. I apologize uh, when you do listen to this, if you do. The Hurricanes, they were voted third. We ended up getting eight votes as well. Highlanders. I'm going to say that the people who vote, a good chunk of the guys voting for the Hurricanes was probably voted the same as the vote for the Crusaders and just didn't read the question and voted for the number one pick as well. Uh, no, it's, it's, re- it's realistic that Hurricanes could come yeah. third. And then there was a very tight contest between first and second. The Highlanders ended up coming second. They got on the group, do my math here, 12 votes. Ben, you backed the back wrong horse, dude. 11, sorry, Adam. 11. It? No, it's... 8 n- plus 3. It's 9 plus 3, bro. Mine says eight, so someone's voted then between me opening the page and you opening the page. Yeah, I'm just looking at it right now, so you're wrong. So am I, that's what I'm saying. Mine, that's what I say. Someone's clearly voted between yeah. the two of us. Yeah. Um, and I, yeah, see, I see Ben chose the Highlanders. Highlanders. I, I recognize that blue suit from, from your wedding photo, I see. So looking good. I also own a blue suit, though, so that's a fair choice as well. And then the Chiefs, they came out top uh, with a total of 13 votes. Matt voted for it, as did And Alex. so did Alex. Yeah. Along with so the Ant, right choice. And then Ant got, got and, stuck in there too. And, and Jam Jam. Was, yeah, Jam Jam, uh, Morris, Jared, Rick, Doug, Grant, Jesse, Warren, Dale, and Doug. Oh, we've got two Dougs. Doug Gower and Doug Tilbury. Nice. Dig Doug. Which one's Doug and which one's Dig Doug? I don't know. <laughs> so. Doug, 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 Doug Tilbury's a Bulls fan. Uh, Jesse Warren. Sorry, Doug. So, so, so mates with Adam? No. He's, he's mates with me. Um, he just got married. Congratulations, hey, Doug, congrats. if you're listening to it. Congrats, Doug. Nice. Yeah. Nice uh, all right, guys. I wasn't at his wedding yesterday, just saying. Yeah. That's, uh, you that's... weren't at Doug's wedding. No, I yeah. think Doug, I think they got married in Cape Town about a month ago or so. 
that's gonna that's gonna wrap it up, Doug. Thanks, Doug. So, that's gonna wrap it up. Sorry, Doug. I don't need to shoot you down. We, we need to wrap this up. Uh, <laughs> chaps, uh, thank you very much for joining me. Also, so early, Matt. I think you need some water. Uh, and to, I've, and I've I, drunk like a liter already while sitting here. To be okay, fair. Okay, good. And I think if we, in future, if we need to punish you, we'll have to make you like read this, read the full Sharks website or text of it like five times. If you, if you have to be punished for anything. But thank you for joining us. I hope you feel better. Where, what, what, so what do you have planned for your day? Uh, I'm going to go find some breakfast now and then fuck all. Winning. Maybe, maybe, maybe start on some packing. I've got no. two weeks left. Yes. Uh, we'll, we'll reveal about Matt's big move. In, in, in I think we've, we've discussed it on air a couple of times. Though. I know, but, but, you know, it's going to be the big move anyway. Don't, just why, why came my thunder, man? Uh, Ben, uh, th- right. thank you very much for joining us. What, what's, sure. what's on your, your diary for the day? Oh, nothing much, you know, just keeping this kid alive. Cool. It's a, it's a fair bit, a fair bit of work. Eh? Yeah, I mean, it's, it's, it's a, a lot of work. Yeah. No, no, no. We 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 did a lot yesterday, so they were like, no, we're gonna. You can, I'm gonna, I'm gonna watch off. that. I'm gonna, I'm gonna watch that rugby, but I can't actually find. Is it on, so? Is it on Supersport, the Superhero Sunday thing? I'll have a look for it as yeah. well now. I'll maybe uh, try and I'm watch sure. it. We are also on Stitcher. Yes, we actually managed to get on Stitcher. Thanks, guys. Spotify. You can catch us on Spotify iTunes, Acast, and SoundCloud. Not Grinder. Not, not specifically. Grindr. And uh, I guess that's also a goodbye from me. Uh, if anyone cares, I- I'll be doing house stuff. Uh, I'm busy in the process of moving house. So uh, yes. that's going to be it. Thank you very much for listening to Elite Rugby Banter. We will be back next week for the draft episode. As stated, Alex will be back. He'll be uh, steering the ship. I'll just be uh, one of the, one of the commoners. Uh, involved. We're hoping to get a guest from Draft Rugby. Thank you for listening. Whoa, we, we, whoa, 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 whoa. So you just called me and Matt commoners? Yeah, well, yeah, and, and like, since I genuinely did the intro, then the other guys are just the commoners, you know? I Maybe I chose the wrong word. I don't know why you should be so offended by this. Uh, well, no, I don't feel we're common. I think we all bring our own unique skills, and we should all have titles, which you should think up. Over the next week. No. Otherwise, we're blaming wait, you wait, again, wait, Adam. No. <laughs> oh, we're going to blame you I'm, hard, I'm referring Adam. to within the, it was in the Elite Banter universe of those who are on the podcast. So, 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 so what? We have Adam, the Lord Prince of the Elite Banter universe, and then no, Matt Viking. and Alex. Commoners. No. It's just semantics, guys. Oh. That That's going to be it. Thank you very much. Well, yeah, but that, that, that's all that's social it. justice warriors that, that, care about. It's semantics, and I, I am jumping on a soapbox about this. <laughs>